98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. What is going on here? What is going on here? I'm going the same length on my updates. I I do the same time on my updates. Maloney! Let's get that show to close on time here. Can we get some professionalism in here, please? Uh, (laughs) I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to be a guest on your show until you you start... Getting that clock right. Let me tell you something. Next Tuesday, Dave Burns is going to be back in this seat. And this is not going to fly. It's straight up to (laughs) o'clock. When the mayor comes back. Jesse, Maloney, Luke, Wolf. It's straight up to o'clock. Stop taking my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Unbelievable. Mitch, you got to get on these people, all right? I'll do my best. Let's get on these people. Man. All right, we've got a big show in store for you today. We'll get you set for the weekend. It is not straight up 2 o'clock. It's like 2.03 because Luke and Wolf take, keep taking our time. Um, I had an adventurous day today. Now, if you saw her on Twitter, I'm outside and in the pool, I see something in the pool. I'm thinking maybe it's a dead bird or something, right? I just see this like kind of like this big thing in the pool. I'm thinking what? something drowned in my pool and it's floating. I go over there and it's a rattlesnake. Floating in my pool, just floating. I'm like, is that thing alive? And then it looks at me. Yes, that thing's alive. Oh, it's alive. It's alive. So I end up testing, like, my text to my pest control guy. And he's like, that's like a, a Mojave rattler. They're very venomous. And like, I'm like, damn. He goes, you should call somebody. I'm removed. Like, I already took it out. Like how? Like I just took it. I grabbed it by my hands. And no, I didn't do that. But I just I grabbed it with my like my pool net. And then I put it over the backyard fence. And I said, please don't come back. Like a good Christian. Like a good Christian. I wasn't going to kill it. I was going to say, I'm glad you said please. I said please please. is important. I looked at it. It was in my net. Now, people are like, I had some people like, these things, like, they'll jump at you, like, lunge at you. Like, you're crazy for, like, get it. You're crazy. Because I basically just hooked it up with the the pool net, and I carried it to the fence, and I kind of dumped it over the fence. And I said, please don't come back. I got two little dogs and the kids. And you know, he could sense that you were cool, Gambo. He's like, this guy's trying to help me out. I'm not going to bite him. Don't come back. You know, there are some some hippie spiritual people out there that would believe this is a sign that D-backs are going to make the playoffs. They're going to make a wild card run. Oh, Gambo. you're going to tie that to this the D-backs? A, it's a sign. <laughs> this is a sign that yeah. the, the snakes are coming, Gambo. They're now, coming. Just, am I crazy for like yes. doing this myself? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Period. Yes. Like, what if that yeah. thing? What if that thing? They're like extreme. It, so I looked it up. Like they're extremely venomous. They're like worse than the regular rattlesnakes. What if it coiled up and just sprung out? I didn't. I didn't think. Like wasn't thinking. I was I like, didn't think. he went into protection mode. He's like, I got a family here. I can't have this snake. Did here. you know the thing floats? I didn't. The thing's just floating. And I thought maybe it was dead. And I looked at it. Just looked at me. It's just hanging out in the pool. It's going. It went for a swim in my pool. Oh man, I'm on that Indiana Jones. Program. I do you not killed like it. snakes. I would have ki- oh, killed. Oh, the shovel. No, but I, I would have killed it. I could, no, because I no, I would not have killed it because I couldn't have gotten close enough to it to kill it. I would have called the fireman. Please come over My and get like, rid of this snake. You know those things will lunge at you. They like they can jump. Like yeah. seriously? Yes. I wasn't thinking that when I. Imagine if the thing would have jumped at my face. It would have been like Larry Fitzgerald about ten years ago when he went to Twitter. Snake in the house. Snake in the house. I'd be dead right now. 
He could have killed me. Venomous snake. I had a venomous snake in my pool. I took it out myself with my bare hands. No, I just went to fish. I just squeezed its neck like Rambo until but, it died. I can't. I could never kill it. I could never kill it. I could never, ever kill it. I like, I just, I, I save bees that are in the pool every day. I'm like, I can't kill this thing. I gotta, I gotta save this snake. I just don't want him to come back. Yeah, he might that's come all. back. He might come back now. All right, so that's what happened to me. Let's get, let's get right to it. We're so far behind. Let's tell you what our top story of the day is. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Now Emory Jones will carry, and Jones will run, and Jones will score. Emory Jones taking it in from 17 yards out for his second rushing touchdown of the night. Boy, Emory showed great quickness that time. Yes, Emory Jones, Jones' debut, very impressive. Threw for 152 yards, 13 of 18 passing, ran for 56 yards with two touchdowns on 11 carries. The longest reception he had was a 21-yard pass to Giovanni Sanders. They mixed it up with a bunch of different receivers. I was impressed. Like a slow start, kind of slogged through. It took, it took a little while to get going. Once they get, once they got going, look, they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger than the lumber jokes, and they uh, they made the lumber jokes pay. And that's what they needed to do. I thought it would be a blowout yesterday. I think you thought it would be a blowout. ASU did what they had to do. But a couple of things, man. I really loved that running back Valade. I thought you know, I, and he got the majority of the Cali carries more than Nagata, but man, he was impressive. Speed to the outside, breaking tackles. He was real good. I really liked the the, the big kid from Mizzou, Swinson. Had a couple of nice catches early in the game. And I was saying he only had five catches last year for Missouri. I'm like, what was Missouri missing? This is a big kid. He ran some good routes. He caught the ball. He had like three catches early. I'm like, I kind of liked him. But most importantly, I mean, Emory Jones had one mistake where he fumbled the ball and it led to an NAU field goal at the end of the half. He held on to it too long. NAU got a field goal. But other than that, I thought the kid ran a good offense. Um, but he's a big kid, too, when he runs, right? He's not looking to get out of bounds. He's, he's looking to gain some yardage when he runs. No, you could see why he was a high-end recruit, and you could see why he ended up at one of the better football schools in the SEC. Look, before we continue on, let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, we fully understand it was NAU, and they may not be very good, and Arizona State should have run roughshod over them last night. We get it. We understand that next week may be a totally different story. It should be. I mean, Oklahoma but, State's really good. So, you got to go there so and play. Yeah, we, we get it. Like, like, like I, the, 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 I already uh, like the kid better than Jaden Daniels. Well, I already uh, like him better. Listen, one game, I'm good. I like him better. In, in, in one game, that there was a lot to like. I, I, I tend to want to look at how Arizona State played from an individual standpoint, and also mm-hmm. how they took care of their own house. We talked about it yesterday. This is a team that led all of Power 5 in penalties last year. Last night, they played a good, clean game. Look, just because... A couple of pick sixes that were returned for touchdowns were called back because of penalties. Yeah, but... But outside of that, they were disappointed. They only had four penalties, and I think one of those pick sixes, I think the quarterback actually saw the flag and threw it and threw it just up for grabs because he knew he had a free play. So, but having said that, just because you're playing Northern Arizona uh, doesn't mean that you, you know you can't have a, a clean football game. But they did they did that. They played clean. I love Valade, the running back. There's a reason why. Now I can see now. I can see why this kid is the leading active rusher in all of FBS. Nobody has more career rushing yards currently playing college football than this kid. And I can see it. He's got an NFL body. I love his vision. 
position. I love the way he handles the football. I love the way he carries it. love the way he moves 116 yards last night. Obviously, now it'll be a tougher test on the road in Stillwater next uh, week. Now, they had a great defense last year. They finished in the top five. Their defensive coordinators now at Ohio State. We'll talk more about that game next week. But having seen what I saw last night, I don't see a team that's going to win three games. Now, listen, I may, I may recalibrate. That's a fair. That's the, that, that might be your takeaway. That's my takeaway. Now, I might recalibrate next week if they lose 63-3, to three, yeah. Gambo. But I saw a team last night from an individual talent standpoint and the way that they just so performed hard to as judge. a football team. I know, but from it's an individual so talent standpoint at quarterback and running back and, and some of those players on that defense. Yeah, now they, do, they still do have some players on defense. I don't see a three. I didn't see a three-win team. I don't care who they were playing. I don't care if they were playing. Brophy last night. I think it's I didn't more, see a three-win team. Yeah, I think it's more like a five-win team. I think they'll win five games. Maybe they win six. I, they probably don't do any better than that. Um, you know, it is hard to judge because NAU is just they're inferior. I mean, not to just they're just inferior. Their kids aren't as big. Their kids aren't as fast. They're not except for that one defensive lineman that came up with a sack and the fumble. Man, that kid was a monster. Ninety-eight or ninety or ninety-eight yeah. from NAU. My God, that guy was gigantic. But a three one sacked Jones, forced a fumble, and then came up with a fumble. He was he was pushing four fifty. I think that kid. That <laughs> kid a, was gigantic. But a three a three win team struggles. I think a little bit more than ASU did last night. Listen, no no guarantees, of course. And again, they they could get absolutely humiliated next week and then again we we change our we change our minds a little bit. From what I saw last night from an individual talent standpoint, that's a team that again I I I, I think can win five or six games this season here in twenty twenty two. All right, the D backs, boy, they get another win. They are on fire and this starting pitching. Woo! And Zach Allen got an award. We'll tell you about that next on ninety eight seven FM Arizona's Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. No walks up to this point issued by Merrill. 3-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Went to the changeup. A 1-2-3-7th, and he gets strikeout number seven. Speaking of snakes... How about the D-backs again last night? This team is rolling. They have uh, won six out of their last seven baseball games. They shut out the Brewers last night. Merrill Kelly outstanding. Seven innings pitched, four hits, no runs allowed, no walks, seven strikeouts. Struggled a little bit in that first inning, got through that, and he was great. Gotta love the offense. One of the problems the D-backs had for a long time was that they had some good pitching, but their offense was terrible. First inning, Marte doubles. Walker homers, they're up 2 nothing. Second inning, Thomas doubles. Doubles down the left field line, goes opposite field for a double. Perdomo sneaks one through the left side for an RBI single. It's 3 nothing. Then in the six, Carroll singles to left. Kelly singles off the glove. And I got a lot. I love the base running. So Carson Kelly hits a single off the shortstop's glove. Carroll's at first. He ends up on third. He ends up on third base. That ball barely got by the shortstop. He ends up on third base. Now, eventually, he was out at home. Perdermo laid down a button, which I love. I love it. And I got to tell Lavello, I love it. It didn't work that time because he bunted it too hard to the first baseman. But then Rojas comes up with a two-run double, almost homered. It's 5 nothing, and they won that game. Now, here's the interesting thing. All six of the Diamondbacks wins, all six, um... In the past seven games, have come against contending teams. 
They've all been against contending teams. So that's that's something. People's looked at that schedule. Oh, they got to play all these tough teams. They got to play the Phillies. Got to play the Brewers. They're beating these teams. I, They're I, beating good teams. I know. And we we talked about listen trying to actually. Hoist themselves into the wild card race legitimately is that's that's too difficult. That's that's not going to happen. You could you could put a whole lot of heat on the Brewers, but you're you're not going to get into that to that top three. But realistically, could you finish above five hundred this year? After the win last night, you would have to finish with a record of twenty and twelve in your last thirty two games. Okay, so that's that seems relatively doable given the way they're playing. But again, the September schedule is really difficult. But Gambo, to your point, they're 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 lining up these these teams and they're knocking they're them down right the, now. Yeah, exactly. So the way they're playing right now, set the pins up and knock them down. Is finishing twenty and twelve. I mean, let's take a group vote. Is finishing twenty and twelve the way they're playing right now completely? Unrealistic or out of the question? It's not easy. It's not it's easy. Not, it's not easy because... Now, listen, every time that Gallon and Kelly take the ball, you almost expect that they're going to win. But you, you know, but every time Madison Bumgarner takes the ball, you expect to lose. We may, he may so not that's take, the thing. He may not take the ball in September. <sighs> I mean, they, said, Sunday, they, they said, that was, Saturday. said that was the plan. I mean, I think Hazen said the plan is for him to take the ball and Lavello too, but... they got to be running out of patience on that. But that's a story for another day. Listen, is it a long shot? Here's why it's a long shot. They just had a month in August. They were 16 and 12, and that was their best month in three years. So now you're looking for them to go, because they won last night, you're looking for them to go 21 and 12 in September to try to finish above 500. But just the fact that we're talking about it, kudos to the D-backs and Merrill Kelly. I mean, Gambo, the ERA of, of Kelly right now is he's two point eight four. One of the top ten pitchers in baseball and, right and, now, and so is Zach Gal. He hasn't yeah. lost a game since June. He's six and zero. You were a young man then. Since uh, Corbin Corbin Carroll was in high school, I think back right. back, back in late June. So again, it kind of goes with the theme of the week that we've been talking about as we as the page turns to football season. There's still a whole lot of reasons to watch Diamondbacks baseball, and we haven't said that many Septembers in the last five years. No, and four it, years. It was tough last night because like you got the ASU game on, you got the D backs game on, and like oh man, I'm going back and forth, and I'm watching it. There was a point when when the AS, ASU game was over, like okay, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch these innings with the D backs, like third quarter, like okay, they've blown them out, that's good, I'm done. Let me go see how the D backs put these runs together. Let me watch Merrill Kelly pitch, and Merrill Kelly has been nothing short of outstanding. Like he has been great, um, you know, and I. He's he's not an he's not a younger pitcher, right? He's not. When you start to look at the timelines, you say, "Boy, I wonder if Merrill." Unless you speed up the timeline, does Mer- Merrill Kelly? He's thirty three years old. Merrill Kelly. He'll be thirty four next month. Does he fit into the timeline? I think he's still going to be a good pitcher for a few years because he doesn't throw the ball a hundred miles an hour. It's funny. I mean, so he's, I think, he's, yeah. he's older than Bumgarner. I mean, to, yeah. put, to put it in perspective, yeah. he's older than Madison Bumgarner, and so much better, so much better. It's crazy, you know. He, he's from here. He went to high school at Desert Mountain. We were just talking about Desert Mountain. Keaton Slovis uh, yesterday pitched at ASU when they signed Kelly from 
Japan. Japan. It wasn't like he set the world on fire no. in his first couple of years here. He seemed like he was just a body, kind of a, a rotation arm. I that thought, was I thought he kind was going to kind of. He was okay. The first year he he won thirteen games, lost fourteen, had an ERA of four and four point four two. Yeah, like he was just he was okay, yeah. not bad, not great. Like was it was he going to have a long is, career yeah. this year? He was hey. like what you liked about him is that he went six innings every time. You kind of liked that he was a bulldog. Yeah, he was. You an liked arm. that he, he was, was a yeah, but he was a decent arm. Like gave you a chance to win. He'd go deeper into the games. He wasn't getting blown out in the second inning, but he's been he's been yeah. outstanding. For, boy, I don't know what what. I don't know if you. It's an interesting thing. Would you say twenty and twelve? If they finish twenty and twelve, they're five hundred. Starting tonight, if they above five hundred. So let's just get to five hundred. Why do you go what, just five hundred? Because above five hundred is better. Don't settle, Gambo. Don't settle. <sighs> I don't think that's settling when it comes to the D backs. If you're I mean, going above five hundred, five hundred's a great goal. Five hundred's a goal. You're a five hundred team. Nobody. It's set. one more game. But I don't think people <laughs> set that. I think your goal is to be five hundred, right? I think your goal is can you be five hundred? That's not. You don't have a losing record. All don't right. have a losing record. All right, let's let's ask ask Court, Tori Lavella right now. Do you want to be a, over five hundred or of four? Course, listen, of, of course, course you, you want to be over five hundred. Yeah, so why are you arguing with me? Because five hundred's the more Get realistic the hell goal. Out of here. Finish twenty and twelve and finish eighty two and eighty. The hell's wrong with you guys? Eighty one and eighty one. Give right. me five hundred. Oh, Christ, I'd be nineteen and thirteen. Nineteen and thirteen. Jesus. Nineteen okay. to thirteen. Don't bring Jesus once, into this. Once you get you to five hundred, then guys, let's look at above five hundred. You guys fine getting B's in class? I was fine getting D's. <laughs> there you go. Uh, for B. What's a B? I don't know. What's a B? <laughs> Something you would say from the pool, Gambo. Yeah. A B. I would say B's from the pools. Like a B? I don't think I Myron Poitcourt ever saw a B. God, it's one more game. Aim but high. No, I don't think you get it. I think that like a lot of teams said, you want to, can you be a 500 team? Can you be a 500 team? You like Nobody says, I want to be one game over five. Can you be a 500 baseball team? I think the Diamondbacks, 19 and 13. The schedule's kind of tough, but they're playing good baseball. God, they could just—they beat up Brandon Woodruff last night. He's a good pitcher. Well, listen, the the they they are in position. Whether it's five hundred or a game above, they are only in that position because of the way they have played in the last week. Zach, nobody, nobody can argue that Zach Gallen is your pitcher of the month. Not surprisingly, he's the pitcher of the month. Um, Gallen has been absolutely sensational. 2.53 ERA, Kelly 2.84. They both rank in the top six in season ERA in the National League. Gallen's third, Kelly sixth. You've got two of the top six ERA guys in the National League. The last time the D-backs had two starting pitchers finish in the top six was Ray and Granke in 2017. That's my friends over at Arizona Dimeback Stats and Info. I got that one from the Ray and Granky combo in 2017. So you're seeing some great pain. And Christian Walker, we talked about him yesterday. He hit another homer. Another homer. 31st home run last night. Three away from tying Steve Finley for 10th all-time for home runs in a season for the D-backs. And if he can get to 38, he will finish ahead of Jay Bell. Ahead of J. Bell. I think J. Bell was 37, right? Could finish ahead of J. Bell. The Arizona Cardinals, they got an extension done with one of their own. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Sanderson Ford, they got their Labor Day sales event going on now. Some great 0% financing at America's most awarded Ford dealership on 51st Avenue in Glendale or online at SandersonFord.com. I think the poll question should be a picture of the snake 
Would you take this out of your poll? Yes or no? I think 100% of people would say no unless you voted. Then 99% of people would, would say no. Would you take this out of your pool yourself or call us? What would you do? That should be the poll question. This, this is Eric. I can't hear you. Yeah, what's going on? There oh, we go. I can. Yeah. That's a Mitch mistake if I've ever seen one. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, my button was pressed. Mm. This is Arizona. There's a lot of people out there that would, ke- that would capture that That's snake. That's fair. That's fair. Some people might keep it as a pet, honestly. <laughs> I'm telling you, put that poll question up. If you like, put that up there, what would you do? Tell you what, Remove we'll it quote, yourself? We'll quote tweet your picture and we'll say, what would you have done if you were Gambo in this situation? And I'll see what people say. I'll take it through at 430. Yeah, remove it yourself. Call an expert to remove it. We'll do it. All Everybody right. says kill them. You can't kill them. Don't <laughs> you kill can't them. kill them. All right. Well, it's been deemed a big bag summer here in the Valley between Kyler Murray, Cliff and Kime, DeAndre Ayton, and now Cardinal safety Jalen Thompson, who agreed to a new contract extension. The question for today's poll is who should be next in line? You've got three options to choose from. Byron Murphy, Marcus Golden, or Hollywood Brown. I'm going Marcus Golden, man. We need this guy. Right now, you need him now. Now, Like, you need him now. Like, uh, right now. Yeah, Marcus Golden is, in fact, holding in. Marcus Golden. Right now. Mm -hmm. Like, like. Immediately. Yeah, by, like, Monday. Well, hopefully by Monday. 49.2%, almost 50% agree with you guys. Say Golden is next in line. A significant second place, 37%, is Byron Murphy. In last place, 13.8%, Hollywood Brown. All right. That's your poll question. And we'll get the snake one up there, too, as to whether you would not remove it yourself. I had a a Mojave rattlesnake in my pool today. There is no chance. I have a picture of it on Twitter. I would would get near that thing. Yeah, I got very close. Freak me out. Yeah. And I'm not. It was a beautiful snake. To say that. Just beautiful. I just had to talk to it nicely and say, please don't come back. I'm going to put you over the fence. Go hang out in the desert. Please, Mr. And- Snake. <laughs> please, Mr. Please. Um, the Cardinals get a deal done. Jalen Thompson. Deal worth $24.5 million guaranteed. Up to $40 million on a three-year contract extension. The Cardinals safety, who they got in the supplemental draft in the fifth round. Now, the grade on him was a second rounder. He would have been a second round pick, but supplemental draft, the Cardinals got him in the fifth round. It's one of the great Steve Kime draft picks because this kid is as good as it gets. But you got a Pro Bowl safety in Buda Baker, and I know that Thompson has talked about the Pro Bowl being a goal for him. But the Cardinals lock up Jalen Thompson. This is a guy we've talked about time and time again that the Cardinals are going to try to lock him up. He's going to be the next guy in line, and they were able to do that today and get him locked up long term. Yeah, and they they now, speaking of the Cardinals, arguably have one of the top, if not the top safety duos in the National Football League. Buda Baker has gotten the praise and deservedly so, but you hear Dave Pash talk about him earlier in training camp. You know, the word on the street from those who who cover the team and coach the team that, that Jalen Thompson possibly has surpassed Buda Baker in terms of ability and talent, and that's nothing against Buda Baker. Just Jalen Thompson is getting that good. In fact, few players in the NFL uh, have had more tackles and interceptions in a single season than Jalen Thompson uh, did uh, in 2021, talking about uh, over 120 tackles and three or more interceptions. So now they, they, give him the pay, they give him the bag, they give him the payday, and it just caps off a little bit of a remarkable 
incredible story. We talked about Serena Williams the other day coming from the streets of Compton. That's where Jalen Thompson came from. And it's hard to come from those streets. And he did, and he got himself a scholarship to Washington State and ended up being picked in the fifth round of the supplemental draft. And, boy, that's not a road off taken in the National Football right. League, Gambo. I mean, how many, how many great players were taken in the supplemental draft? It's just the list is not very long. It's just it's just not a road that usually leads to to NFL greatness. But it appears Jalen Thompson is on that path, and he may have in fact arrived already. Jason McCoy, here's Jason McCourty, former NFL player, talking about Jalen Thompson. I'm going to go with Jalen Thompson. Who's Jalen Thompson? Yes, exactly. Watch the film, Arizona Cardinals defense. You're going to see number 34 just jumping off the film. But people don't talk about him because he lines up across from Buda Baker, another really good safety, one of the best in the league. But this guy was drafted in the fifth round, 2019 supplemental draft, and has played his butt off, even to the point where he's going to be calling the defense for the Cardinals this year, a leader for them, 121 tackles last year. Year, three interceptions and seven pass breakups and no one talks about it this guy's a really good player one of the best open field tacklers in the nfl said by his coach cliff king let's go yeah we talk so much about the cornerback room and how worried everybody is about the cornerbacks but that safety they are set they've got one of the best safety tandems in the lead with buda baker and jalen thompson there's even been a lot of discussion whether jalen thompson's better than buda baker but i listen to me Two terrific safeties, not really caring who's better than who. Cardinals are in a good spot there. Marcus Golden, here's his thoughts on Jalen Thompson calling the defensive plays. Oh, man, he, JT, he's a beast, man. Uh, I think he can handle anything you put on him, he'll be able to handle the way he work every day, uh, the way he come into meetings, man. He's a different type of dude, man. He's a different type of guy. He's one of them dudes that you want to that you want to get on their field when you want to have him on your side. So I think he's going to do great. Whatever you put on him, he's just like Buddha. He'll be ready to do I said Isaiah's going to have the green dot, right? We had that last week. Isaiah Simmons is going to have the green dot. But there was a lot of talk about Jalen. He's just a smart player. He's an instinctive player. I mean, passes defended. He's a sure tackler. One of the things you like about him is he doesn't miss many tackles. He's a pretty sure tackler at safety. Come up with a couple picks here and there. I know his goal is to make the Pro Bowl. Like That's one of the things that he has talked about. He says, I'm trying to go to the Pro Bowl this year. Last year, I feel I could have made it. Unfortunately, I did. But the goals are making the Pro Bowl, making my team better, being a leader, and getting to a Super Bowl. So... That's what he's, that's what his goals are. But individually, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, he did mention he wants to be a leader. He wants to go to the Super Bowl. But individually, nothing wrong with a guy wanting to go to a, a Pro Bowl. More, there's something wrong if a guy says, I, I would not trade in my Pro Bowl appearances for a Super Bowl like Patrick Peterson did. <laughs> right? Isn't that what he did? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and you touched on something I want to echo. Uh, Thompson can cover. You, you you don't know if you, you we often think of safeties as run stoppers or guys that just kind of cover tight ends and running backs and whatnot out of the backfield. Uh, Thompson, you can probably put him on a wide receiver if need be because he's that fast and he's that good of a cover guy. He can't do it all the time, but he's got that kind of skill set. And at the same time, he's a sure tackler and he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and make plays. Uh, he was underrated. I don't think he'll be underrated much after this season. And I would say the Pro Bowl is a very realistic goal for him. 
Uh, now that he's gotten paid, he's gotten that notoriety, people in the league are starting to talk about Jalen Thompson, and once they start doing that, you are no longer underrated, and that is how you eventually find yourself on the way to the Pro Bowl, and I would expect he is one more good season away from getting that honor bestowed upon him. Yeah, I think Byron Murphy, Marcus Golden, I think Zach Allen could be a guy they look to lock up a little bit too, even though this jury's still out on him. Um, Hollywood Brown, I don't know. I think you wait and see. I think you play this out and you wait and see what you have and the connection with Kyler. You've got him under contract for two years. You can always tag him and everything, so you've got that threat. But um, look, you're going to have to pay him. Wide receivers are getting crazy, crazy money right now. I mean, we all get it. You're going to have to pay the guy. But I think with Hollywood Brown, because we haven't seen him, I'd like to I'd like to have a year under my belt before I decide how much I want to pay him. Yeah, and you also have to figure out what you want to do with DeAndre Hopkins going forward and see what kind of year Hopkins has. You're going to have to do something with that contract next year. That number's too big, so you're going to have to do something. And the dominoes with Hopkins then might determine what you do with Hollywood Brown and when you do it. There's, I mean, there's other... The one thing you're not doing is you're not leaving Hopkins' contract the way it is. Can't. You are going to... No, you can't. The number's too big. You're going to have to do something. You, know, but, you could extend it. You can, you know, you can extend it. You can move money around. You can. There's a lot of things that you can do. Turn some of it into bonuses, but you can't have that that cap. I'm going to look it up, but that cap number next year is gigantic. But you will. But you will have to pay him. The the market. The market bears. You're that. talking about who? Hopkins. I mean, if you're, you're already paying him. I'm, no, I mean, but I mean. Well, well, eh. He's not a free agent until 2025. However, you, if, if you do, if you restructure and try to convert some of that into bonuses to try to give yourself cap relief, yeah, his cap hit this year is 15 million dollars. You know what his cap hit is next year? Something like 28, 30 point, 30 million seven hundred thirty thousand. I thought it was 28, 30, 30 over 30 million dollars. Okay, like you can't have that. You can't have a 30 million dollar cap hit. You're going to have to do something. Like, that number can't stay yeah. the way it is. You'll have to do something. Now, maybe you pack on a year or two years. You convert. So you'll do something. Whatever it is, you're not going to come in with a $30 million cap hit yeah. for DeAndre Hopkins. He'll that's get, not going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Hopkins will get paid. They'll just have to restructure. Listen, the Rams seem to be able to do it every year. The Cardinals will have to do it. Allison Chains and Breaking Benjamin is heading to the auction pavilion on September 10th. Limited tickets are available, but you could win a pair now by heading to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. College football in full action this week. And there are some big games, including some big games with Pac-12 teams involved. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Uh, the big snake bowl question is up. <laughs> and some guy's like, you kill that thing. I'm like, no, I'm not going to kill it. To kill a snake. But we live in there. We live in a desert. It's their home. We're guests. Get that hate out of your heart. Get the hate out of your heart. A lot of people don't like snakes. A lot of people hate snakes. But don't kill it. Don't kill the snake. The snake would kill you. You It doesn't want to kill you. It's not looking like, hey, I'm going to cop in this guy's yard so I can kill him. But it would. If you threaten it, yeah. You threaten it. We just walk by it. You don't even know he's there. He'll kill you. Well, if he feels threatened, if you feel like you're going to step on him or something or grab him, yeah, they protect him. You could just be in the neighborhood. 
He was in my neighborhood. He went in my pool. He took a dip in the pool. He could be hiding behind a rock. You're walking by. You're dead. (laughs) Hanging out. I got pictures on Twitter. Go to my Twitter page. And on the Burns and Gamble page, we've got a poll question up on what would you do if you had that thing in your backyard. Let's talk some college football. And uh, not about the national championships and the playoffs and everything like that. We'll do that in just a little bit. We'll talk about some of these games this week. Which game? I'm just going to ask you, which game are you looking forward to the most? Am I? Mm-hmm. What am I wearing right now? L N P. You're looking. Uh, you're looking forward to number five Notre Dame and number two Ohio I, State. I, I, anybody that's listened to me or followed mm. me, yes, I grew up a Notre Dame fan, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. And I don't Did care. you go to school there? I don't care. My my, my father went to school there. How come you didn't go to school there? Uh, if you would like the quick story, he ended up being uh, the dean of the School of Education at DePaul. So I went to DePaul for free. He, after uh, he graduated from Notre Dame, he ended up okay. being a dean at DePaul, so we got the free tuition. So you wanted to go there. to DePaul, and Dad said, it ain't happening, because I can get you in here for yeah, free. I went to, yeah, I would have rather gone to so, Notre Dame. You're taking, mm, the free, you're taking the free tuition. Have you ever so. been to a Notre Dame game? Oh, my gosh, Gamble. I grew up going to okay. every one of them. All right. Because we're, he was living in Chicago. So I went every, to one. Every Saturday morning, we were on the Indiana Toll Road going to South Bend. So I grew up going to Notre Dame games, and... Um, his best friend was the equipment manager, a guy named Gene O'Neill, and we would go to the equipment office after the game. So when I was a young kid, seven, eight, nine years old, um, I'd be in the equipment office and they'd wheel the jerseys in. So I'd like, I'd dig out the Joe Montana jersey or the Ross Browner jersey and I'd throw it on and I'd be running around the hallways with the dirty Joe Montana jersey on. So I was, so, I was born into that life and that world and that's why. So 98 I, or 99, ASU play okay ninety nine. I was at the ninety nine ASU Notre Dame game. So yes. that's so ASU at Notre Dame. They lost forty nine to seven, didn't they? Forty eight to seventeen. Okay, <laughs> Notre Dame, uh, Arizona State at Notre Dame, October ninth, nineteen ninety nine. I went to uh, I went to that game. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, never like it was Notre Dame. Yeah, you just. You're driving around, and you're just like in this little neighborhood and everything. It's like yeah. a tiny little house here and a little house there. Next thing you know, that, oh, my God, there's a stadium. There's like, a stadium. There's yep. a stadium. Like, you're driving you're di- driving down like a normal rural block. There's a... And there's just these houses to the right and houses to the left, and then you get to the end, and then there's the stadium. Like, oh, my God, how did, like, it just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, so there's something cool about it, the fall colors changing, the leaves changing Touchdown colors. Touchdown, Jesus. Yeah. Listen, whether, whether or not you love them or hate them, and believe me, I get it. There's plenty of people that hate them. There is something really... Really only cool had the one little that campus. NBC sign too, right? There's no signage. I don't know if they changed it now. Yeah, but there was only one little sign that said like NBC, that and that was right? it. Back then, there yeah. was no sign. Do they have signage now? Not really. Not really. Nothing back then. No, like like just you like felt advertising. Like, no, yeah. I was nothing. waiting for Newt Rockney to come out. <laughs> You know, like to coach because yeah. it seemed like it, it, it did. It seemed like it was the 1930s well, when you go to a game. There. It's the real deal. I, I I don't get back much anymore. I try to go see them when they're out west. I went to the Fiesta Bowl last mm-hmm. year, obviously, and I went to uh, I go to the games at USC when they play every other year. So, you know, I try to see him. I take my I took my kids to the Fiesta Bowl last year. So, new coach, yeah. new coach for Notre Dame. This yeah, year. you know what? In, in regards to tomorrow's game, uh, I don't have great optimism because they're breaking in a new head coach and a new quarter back, and they got to go on the road to Columbus. So we'll we, play against C.J. Strauss, Stroud, Henderson, and Ohio about, State team. Yep. Yeah, they got about three Heisman Trophy candidates on Ohio State, and Notre Dame is... Hmm. You listen, Notre Dame's got some talent. They're fifth in the country for a reason, but a, a new quarterback... 
making his first start on the road on at the Ohio road. State. Uh-huh. I don't know how many kids in that situation coach. would flourish. And then you tack on a new coach leading his team into that situation. So, I mean, I think from a Notre Dame standpoint, let's you know, just try to compete and yeah. not get your, you know, what Georgia you. versus Oregon in Atlanta and then Utah versus Florida in the swamp. So the Pac-12 has two marquee games this week. Number 12, Oregon against Georgia in Atlanta and then Utah against Florida in the Swamp. So no home games, but the number eight team in the country is Utah. They're actually favored over Florida. And Oregon is the underdog um, against Georgia. Remember last year, Oregon beat Ohio State in Columbus. They they, they beat the you-know-what yeah. out of them. They, they went they, down and they beat Ohio State in Columbus. They ran all over them. And a lot of people thought, okay, that could be it. And then Oregon State, uh, I mean, Oregon, of course, stumbled uh, down the stretch. But they had that big win against uh, Ohio State in Columbus. Now can they go beat Georgia and Atlanta? Georgia coming off the national championship. Utah, I think, has got a real good chance here to get to the playoffs. Not just win the Pac-12, but I think Utah's got a real good chance to get to the playoffs. It would go a long way if they beat Billy Napier in his first game, you know, in Gainesville, new head coach for the for the Gators. So that could be a fun game too. A couple of other good matchups. Cincinnati, number twenty two in the country after that great year they had last year, takes on number twenty three Arkansas, uh, and then number twenty five Houston is at Texas San Antonio. That's your matchups. But the Utah Florida game, the Georgia Oregon game, and Notre Dame Ohio State game are three big college football games this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be that's a big test for the Pac twelve. There's yeah, no question no about it. Especially, listen, you're right, Gamble. You're talking about playoffs in September. This is We're going to lose some of this when they expand the playoffs. More on that in a bit. But for Utah, it goes a long way for that resume. Uh, Florida's not ranked, I know. But listen, you're going down to the Swamp in Gainesville. Night game. The place is going to be going nuts. It's the debut of Napier. They've got a good quarterback, Anthony Richardson. He's the reason why Emory Jones is in Tempe. Now, for Utah, listen, they, they, they run the ball. They've got a good quarterback quarterback themselves in Cam Rising and they can run the football. They always obviously play tough defense. Uh, that is going to be really, really one to watch. And you mentioned Cincinnati. The Bearcats coming in at number 22. Uh, believe me, they have lost an awful lot off of that playoff team a year ago. Not only Desmond Ritter, uh, but the great cornerbacks and Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and then the great defensive end who's now here in Arizona, my Jay Sanders. They've lost an awful lot off of that team last year. I'm looking forward to Arizona and San Diego State. Jed Fish had a really good year recruiting and he got some terrific talent in the in the portal like including um, Delora, the quarterback, Jaden Delora. The, he got him in the transfer portal. Uh, he had a you know terrific career at Washington State and then they got this wide receiver, uh, Jacob Cowing who's terrific little player. So Arizona had some problems with their offense last year. I think that should be uh, a lot different this year with some of the players that they have. They got this McMillan kid, singer, but getting Delora and then getting Cowing, you've got some real, real talent right there to help that offense for Jed Fish. But I got to win now, though, a little bit. I mean, got to win. You can't just win one game, I, right? Absolutely. I mean, the, the losing streak hit 20 in November. They snapped that. They won one game. The vibes are good. They brought in some talent. They've upgraded it. There's no question. Uh, Jed Fish has got the program uh, revived from a fan standpoint. People are excited. But now you got to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't need to win eight or nine games. 
but you got to win a few. And you got to start building in the win loss column, I think, at this point now in 2022. Yeah. Got to win some games. Yeah. I mean, cowing at UTEP last year, 1,354 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. That kid was good. And McMillan, the highest rated UA recruit in modern history. So this kid's going to. So Jed Fish did a good job recruiting. He did a good job in the portal. Arizona against San Diego State. That'll be tomorrow. That's an earlier game. So we'll see how that plays out. The Phoenix Suns are in the market for a small forward from Utah. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.